So bullish or bearish? Play the market higher? Play the market lower? Let's talk about both sides of the market direction discussion. And at the very end, I will share my personal bias and why I play the market that way. So, hey, Jim Schultz here with you guys for FCubed and livefcubed.com. And all right, man, I hope you've had your BCAs. Like, I hope you've got some electrolytes handy because today it's going to be a little bit beefy. We are going to outline in full a complete discussion. Should you play the market higher or should you play the market lower? Let's talk about the bullish case and let's talk about the bearish case. Now, look, I want this to be objective. I want to present both sides. Like Fox News covering a President Trump rally or CNN covering a President Biden press conference, this is going to be fair, factual, and unbiased. So let's begin on the bullish side. The market wants to go higher. This is not my opinion. This is not just some conjecture. This is not some abstract theory that you find in a textbook or on some random YouTuber's video illustration. Like this is an empirically verifiable Call it positive drift, call it positive risk premium, call it the Fed put, call it whatever you want to call it. Because of global growth, innovation, creativity, printing presses, etc., the markets want to go higher. Global markets want to go higher. And in particular, the U.S. market wants to go higher, i.e. that printing press that we just read in a matter of minutes. All of those things are working together to propel the markets on an upward trajectory over time. I mean, there isn't much debate over this. This is pretty clear. This should be easily accepted by both sides of the story, the bulls and the bears alike. Look at any 10 to 20 year period and you are going to see the market moving higher over time. But Jim, bro, I can barely endure the 15 seconds that Netflix makes me wait between episodes of Stranger Things. I ain't going to make it 13 years waiting on my Walmart stock to eke out a 6% average annual gain. That ain't going to happen. Understood. I got it, man. It's just important to recognize that if you play the game from the long side, you have the wind at your back, so to speak. Now, quick little disclaimer before we move forward. If your strategy involves staring at one-minute candles 14 hours a day, then the market trending higher over the long term might not matter as much. That abandoned baby that you're searching for, it doesn't give a rip about positive drift. But if you do have a bit of a longer-term focus, which could, of course, be you know your classic buy SPY, stuff it in your sock drawer, and don't check it for 30 years, or it could be a more active approach where you have that longer-term focus, but it's executed on, it's implemented more within a 30, 45, 60-day time horizon where you're setting up options positions, then this positive drift, oh, it is absolutely relevant to what you are trying to do. Now, right now, you might be asking yourself, why does the market move higher? Well, that's kind of a why question, as evidenced by the word why. That's something that I do want to talk about at some point, but let's save that project for a later date. Let's put that on the shelf for right now, just so we can kind of stay focused on the task at hand. But very clearly, whatever the why might be, the what is pretty clear. The market moves higher over time. Over the long term, the market does have upward momentum. It does have a rising trajectory, and that's very important to understand and to recognize and to play into if you're going to play this thing from the long side. But here's another thing that's maybe even 
additionally interesting when it comes to bolstering the case for positive drift. Not that the case for positive drift even needs any bolstering necessarily, but think about this. Every single paycheck that you receive, that I receive, where we are funding our retirement plans. Now, obviously, everyone doesn't do this. But in a workforce of 100 million, 150 million, whatever it might be, a lot of people are doing this. What are we doing? We are funneling cash. We are funneling capital into the markets to buy your apples, to buy your Amazons, to buy your Procter & Gamble's. And so what does that do? It kind of keeps this ever-present bid into these assets. It kind of keeps this demand floor underneath these risky assets. And what's that going to do? That's going to play into the bullish case. That's only going to help to stabilize or feed into this upward trajectory over time. So keep that in mind when you're thinking about, you know, why the market moves higher over time, how the market moves higher over time. Is the market going to continue to move higher over time? I don't necessarily know the answer to that, to that question, and neither does anyone else for that matter. But if the last 175 years are any indication, I think it's a pretty good bet that over the long term, the market is going to move higher to some degree. If for no other reason than the fact that we are kind of fueling our own little Ponzi scheme. So that's the bullish case and it all really rests on one thing, right? Positive drift, positive risk premium, whatever you want to call it. But that's a pretty strong one thing that it's resting on. Let's turn our attention to the bearish case. What about playing the market to the downside? Well, believe it or not, even in the face of this upward trajectory and this rising momentum and this rising market over time, there are sound strategic ways to play the market from the short side. Let's talk about two of maybe the strongest ones. All right, now first, and this is probably the strongest supporting point for the bearish case, much like positive drift is the strongest and only supporting point for the bullish case. Market prices and market volatility, they tend to share a reliably inverse relationship. Now here's what that means and here's why that matters if you are a bear. If market prices rise, volatility is usually falling. So market prices higher, volatility lower. Well, the opposite is also true. If market prices go down, then volatility usually goes up. So if the market is falling, volatility is usually rising. Now, naturally, you might be asking why that is the case too. Well, unfortunately, we can't go down that rabbit hole. We can't get off on that tangent here today. We're going to have to put that up on the shelf next to our why questions, next to the molasses, you know, next to the pink Himalayan salt. We'll come back to that guy at a later date and unpack that in its own video. But for right now, just understand that there is this reliably inverse relationship between market prices and market volatility. All right. So now that we know that this relationship exists, here's the next step. It can be very, very, very beneficial to pair up a short delta bias, right? Short the overall market with a short premium portfolio. This is because short premium, i.e. short options, i.e. what you should all be doing at this point, but I digress. They're going to benefit from volatility going down because they are short vega. Now, what Short Vega is and all of the things and inner workings of Short Vega is beyond the scope of this video, along with the other 19 things we've already mentioned at this point. But come back to the channel. All that stuff is coming out in the near future. For right now, just understand this. A Short Vega position wants volatility to go down. It is hurt when volatility goes up. 
So given this reliably inverse relationship between market prices and market volatility, if volatility is rising and your short premium positions are being hurt because of this, because of that short vega, that likely also means that the market is falling and your short delta positions, your short overall market exposure is actually benefiting from that drop. So it is so hopefully now you're beginning to see how short delta can really help to protect and shield that short premium. So how much short delta should you carry? How big should your shield be? Man, y'all are just beating me up with these questions. I am not ready to answer any of this. We got to do separate videos. We got to put that in the pantry. We got to put that up on the shelf. We will come back to all those things at a later date. But for right now, just think about it this way. Most likely, if you're selling premium, you want the short premium to be the star of the show. You don't want the short delta to be the star of the show. Right? The short delta is a piece to the puzzle. It's not the whole puzzle itself. So keep that in mind when you're trying to think about and work out how much short delta you want to carry. You want to carry enough to offer a significant hedge against that short premium, but you don't want to carry too much that it overshadows the short premium entirely and completely destroys Second, when it comes to short delta, you have the black swans in your favor. This was a term that was so eloquently coined by Nassim Taleb in his classic book, surprisingly titled, the This is where Taleb talked about and showed that the outlier moves that happen in the marketplace that usually come completely out of nowhere and really shake things up, they almost always happen to the downside. Right, you got your Black Friday is 1987. You got your internet bubbles in the early 2000s. You got the financial market crisis in 2008. You got the COVID crash in 2020. Right, one common denominator across those four things that I just rattled off, they were all huge moves to the downside. Now, since that book, and even in recent times, I mean, this is an empirical fact that has been shown over and over and over again that these outlier moves do happen to occur more frequently on the downside, which isn't to say they can't happen on the upside because that COVID crash did rebound pretty aggressively to the upside. But most of the time, they are on the downside. This is more formally referred to as negative skew for all my statisticians that might be watching the show. So if you're carrying short delta, especially static short delta, and a black swan shows up, then that's going to be fine for you. That might even be really good for you because you are prepared for that. All right, so now we've come to decision time. Like We are at the fork in the road. What should you do? Which side should you choose? Well, to go ahead and let myself off the hook here, that's entirely up to you. Like This is entirely your call. But just remember that this is a macro level discussion. Like talking about the overall directional bias of your portfolio, that is very much a macro thing. And some might argue that it's actually the micro level stuff, the positional level stuff that's going to matter a whole lot more than whether you are long or short the market in your portfolio. And that's a really, really good point. It is a valid point. It is a fair point. Either way, man, in a market that's largely random and pretty unpredictable, my job here today was simply to present both sides of the argument. Like maybe you land on one side of the fence or not. Maybe you're trying to figure out which side of the fence you want to land on. I really just wanted to show you what you're hitching your wagon to if you are a bull or if you are a bear. You're bullish? That's fine. You're playing positive drift. That's your game. Don't try to turn this into something that it's not. You're bearish? Hey man, that's great. 
you're playing the short premium hedge and you're playing the high velocity drops. Both make sense and both have solid, sound, strategic, statistical support. Now, as promised, I told you guys that I would share my take. I would share my personal view. Now, take this with a grain of salt. I'm not saying it's right. I'm not saying it's wrong. I'm just saying that it's mine. I play the market from the long side. I am a perma bull these days. Now, I've looked at both sides of the fence. I've studied both sides of the fence for many, many years, going on two decades now, or over two decades now at this point. I've traded both sides of the market. The bullish side, the long side, just makes more sense to me. It just jives more with my longer-term focus, even if I am trading in the 30, 45-day time horizon where I am trying to you know, establish option positions in those shorter-term cycles. The long side makes more sense to me, and here's the reason why. Well, this might not be the reason, but it's at least a reason. Every once in a while, you might have a losing trade. Not you personally, because I know that you are an amazing trader and you never take losers. I'm talking about the royal you. I'm just talking about the hypothetical you. I'm talking about the theoretical situation. You have a losing trade. I find it to be far easier to adjust a position when the directional bias of that position jives with the overall upward trajectory of the market in general, especially if I might want to hold that trade for a very, very long time. Now, very, very long can mean different things to different people. Some people, very, very long is, you know, two months. Other people, very, very long is five to seven years, right? I'm probably closer to the two-month area of that curve. But generally speaking, I just find it to be much, much easier to adjust and defend my positions when I'm like, all right, I'm going to roll this short put. It's in the money, whatever. I feel okay about that because it's Home Depot. It's Walmart. It's Procter & Gamble. Procter & Gamble ain't going anywhere right? People are still going to buy soap. I don't care how bad it gets. People are still going to brush their teeth. Now, of course, in the spirit of being fair and balanced, right? This strategy of mine, of anyone else who plays the bullish side, it's not without its own gotchas, right? I mean, this first half of 2022, the bears have had the last laugh and the bulls are just getting stapled. But you know, man, we were right every single day for 12 straight years. So we got to let them win every once in a while. Otherwise, they're just going to pick up their ball. They're going to go home and they won't even play with us anymore. All right. So that is it. I really hope this got you thinking about the long side, thinking about the short side, thinking about the gimmies and gotchas on both sides of the marketplace. And I really hope that it helps you. I hope it helps you in your portfolio. I hope it helps you with your trades. I hope it helps you with everything that you are trying to do to reach your financial goals. And hey, if you made it this far in the video, man, I am so humbled. I'm so humbled that you took the time out of your day to invest in my content. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. If you want to like this video or share it with a friend or even subscribe to the channel, all those things would really help out a ton. And I will see you guys next time.